still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friends and fellow Bath fans, Tom and Charlie. Boys, I feel like I've only just recovered from Super Saturday, Tom. Have you? I haven't quite recovered, no. (laughs) Still feeling um, a little bit dusty. Um, and yeah, watching back some of the games, um, some of it felt a little bit uh, like I was watching it for the first time, to be honest. But um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, and yeah, obviously Bath starting the day off with a, a cracking win uh, against Worcester and uh, romping up the table another couple of places, boys. Yeah, we oui, we oui, bonjour, Gabrielle et Thomas. Uh, it was very good to see the French uh, beats Pédugal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I did want to talk a little bit, lads, about the, the internationals that we saw on, on Saturday, probably less about the England game. Um, but I think, Tom, it's probably a good idea that we consider the fact we probably do have some Welsh supporters who also listen to the podcast who are also Bath fans. So, um, yeah, we'll try and contain our joy at that last uh, Brisbane <laughs> try because I think every England fan um, was kind of cheering him over. Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> I've been used that like that to uh, try in a long, long time, G. Um, yeah, it was, it was some game. I mean, talk about ebb and flow. I don't think I've ever seen so many kind of held up tries um, and just nearly moments for France. Um, yeah, a couple of yellow cards late on and you thought, you thought the game was done and dusted um, and yeah, final twist in the tail. I mean, to be honest, I, I think in the round, whilst Wells played pretty well, um, I think you can't argue the fact that, well, I, in my personal view, I do think France deserved to win. Um, and I think a, a grand slam for Wales um, would have been, um, you know, they'd have pointed to some red cards, I think, potentially, um, and, and maybe been quite lucky to get the full slam with how they've played. Yeah, I, I probably agree. Charlie, what were your thoughts briefly on, on, on the internationals we saw on Saturday? Yeah, on the internationals, uh, yeah, honestly, I feel like converting my allegiance to France because <laughs> sporting, like being an England England fan is is pretty tough. I mean, it's uh, it's tougher than being a, a Bath fan, that's for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I was, I sort of went into Six Nations thinking that Wales were like a bang average team. And I think, Lots of people did, but they, they proved me wrong many times. But I think, you know, sort of on balance, uh, France have definitely been a more consistent team over the past couple of years and have just, uh, yeah, slipped up a couple of times. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, if, if they can go and beat Scotland by 21 points, whatever it is they've got to do, then, you know, fair play to them. But uh, yeah, it was, it was an exciting game for sure. But um, yeah, you feel a bit hard done by as a Welshman. Yeah, it, it was a crazy end to. <clears throat> What was a what was a fantastic Saturday of rugby and, and kicked off boys uh, by Bath's forty seven twenty two win against Worcester, uh, Tom. Um, I think both of I think we, we kind of all try to watch as much of this game back as possible because it did come at the start of what was a, a hectic uh, a day of rugby as I've mentioned. But um, kind of what were your initial thoughts of that game before we delve in a little bit deeper? Just yeah, a sentence. I mean, massively dominant. Yeah, I can't remember the last 
um, time. We saw such a dominant first half of, of rugby from Bath. Men against boys, kind of put them to the sword as as we uh, we thought. They made a lot of changes. Worcester and brought in some, some newer guys. But yeah, brilliant first half. Got the job done. Um, brought on some younger guys, you know, due to injury um, and tailed up a bit in the second half. But five points, job done, move on. Yeah, I think that, I think that sums up about right. I think we will try and get into this game and break it down. Certainly, what went well in the first half uh, and what maybe changed to to mean that we lost the second half by seven points to twenty two. Uh, but before we do get into the game in detail, lads, uh, I just want to make sure everyone's subscribed to the podcast uh, and, and kind of sharing it around with their mates. But most importantly following us on social media and most importantly, Charlie, following us on Instagram. And I think I'm a little bit of a dinosaur for someone of my age. I don't really know how Instagram works, but I, I'm linked to the notifications uh, on, on our Instagram page and it's been going wild this past week. You've overtaken uh, social media. Is this what going viral is, mate? <laughs> yeah, so I think it's, it's uh, quite hard to go viral when we've only got uh, a handful of followers. Um, <laughs> But look, no, uh, I'm doing 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 my best. I am I am finally active. Uh, so uh, look, if if you if you want to get your thoughts uh, across to me, my like me me myself and I, then yeah, get on the Instagram and uh, send me a message. What is it at Bath Rugby Plug? Is that how? I believe so. <laughs> I <can't remember. laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's, it's Bath Rugby Plug is the handle. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think certainly I'd encourage you. You know, I'm not sure how long it's going to last. This this increased. Um, presence on Instagram from Charlie so therefore you have to get on it immediately follow us at Bath Rugby Plug on Instagram uh, but also on Facebook and on Twitter uh, where I kind of feel a little bit more comfortable and just before lads we get into the the, the game uh, the Bath game I want to read a review from from John Lacey who's got in touch with us uh, on, on, on Facebook who says um, think the pod is very close to becoming a great drinking game you guys love, love to um and um. I think Tom, I feel, is the pro of the um. Just feel it may need a drink aware notice if anyone did make it a drinking game. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, John, for getting in touch. That really made us laugh. And we are trying to we are trying to decrease the amount of ums and erms we do. But I guess if it makes you drink on a Tuesday morning when you listen to the podcast, then then maybe we should sort of pile them all in. But thank you very much for getting in touch, John. And I think it's a good opportunity. If you are enjoying the podcast, please do leave a review, uh, get in touch with us with a review or leave it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and next week we will uh, read a few of them out, hopefully, if I can remember. So get in touch with us. Um, think all the other podcasts. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> think all the other podcasts I listen to say that it really helps them out, it, the algorithms, if people leave reviews. I have no idea how that algorithm works. If they're saying it, it must help. So please do leave a review and share it around with your mates. Let's get into the, the game then, boys. As I mentioned, the 47-22 win. Focusing uh, on the first half, Tom, I think you mentioned men against boys, a very young Worcester team. And right from the kickoff, 90 seconds in, it was dominant. And, and that pattern really was was the case throughout the first 40. Yeah, I think we really kind of set the tone, didn't we? Um, got the penalty... Uh, driving mall set out from the, the kind of resultant line out and kind of drove that back with Tom Dunn at the at the base, kind of a good 20 meters. He then broke off um and we we there's there's another one. And um 
spread it wide to Will Muir, who was sensational yet again and showed you know incredible feats and a, and a handoff to to get that first try and his first Premiership try mm. as well in the in the corner. But did make life pretty difficult for Reese Priestland. Yeah, of course, um, you couldn't get further out on the left-hand touchline there unless your name's Lewis Reese Summit. Uh, so Reese Priestland's uh, kicking. I'm struggling with this arm now. <laughs> you got it in your head. He's got it in your mind. He's in there. John, is it John? Yeah. <laughs> John's rattled me. Uh, he's 36 kicks came to an end. Right, that's the end of my point. Charlie, that's you. I know. The man, the man is human. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I thought the Priestland would have just slotted them over for days. But yeah, he's, uh, he, he is human. Uh, he's, been, he's, he's been felled. But yeah, I, I suppose... After that windy day at Newcastle, he was thinking, oh, Christ, come on, come on, Will Muir. you just got to stick it under the sticks next time. So yeah, he probably won't be sending uh, him any Christmas cards this year. Speak to Will Muir's performance then, Charlie. I think a guy that you've really enjoyed watching since he's come to, to the club and two fantastic tries from, from him. No, I was been so impressed with this guy as soon as he, what was it, came on for 15 minutes against Harlequins. Um, yeah, he's really he's really gone from strength to strength, and we I mentioned it on a previous podcast. He's been averaging nine meters a carry this season, which is which is which is phenomenal. And then he, I was saying, I really really would like to see him, you know, get his hands on the ball. There've been a couple of times where he's made he's made some breaks, and I just wanted him to pin his ears back and go for the corner, and he's sort of cut back inside a couple of times. Uh, so when I look, read out his stats now, he was only on for 28 minutes, okay? Bear this in mind, okay? Uh, three carries, two tries, <laughs> 59 metres made, three defenders beaten, uh, <laughs> and uh, three clean breaks. So every time he got his hands on the ball, just did something magical. And the finishes as well. His first try, he had, he had so much to do. Uh, he was given the ball quite static um, by Priestland, but yeah, managed just just, just the, the step and the strength to get over the line. And then uh, his second try, just out and out pace, and yeah, just burnt, I can't remember who, who he burned on the outside, but uh, it was it was Ashton or Perry Humphreys, one of the two. And yeah, just it, yeah, fantastic to see. And both both times had a lot of work to do. Really impressive. I uh, hope he hasn't picked up too bad a knock, but. Um, Phenomenal, phenomenal impact from uh, from someone who's only on the pitch for such a short period of time. Clearly made a glass. But I think if you're if you're one of the club, you're looking at the sevens experiment that has worked so well. And Stuart Hooper deserves kind of immense credit for for kind of obviously leading that. You're looking at the sevens experiment, and surely um, having a look Wish at some of the yeah, I mean it's it's just ridiculously it's worked so well with with these guys. And <clears throat> that second try was a real sevens try. You know, had space, rangy running, big handoff, and then just had the pace and kind of uh, was explosive enough to, to to get over the line. I think he's he's been brilliant, and you, you can't really uh, argue with him not being in the in the starting fifteen or at least the twenty three at the moment. And I think, in particular, when you look at our our squad, the wing and fullback position is an area where we're so strong. You look at some of the other names in the wing position. Obviously, McConaughey himself. Doc and Asigo, Rocker the Goonie, Gabe Hammerweb, Darren Atkins, who's just gone on loan, and then Anthony Watson to, to come back. And you kind of ask the question, do we need to be, do we need all those guys? Or are there are there guys that we start to focus on and potentially some of the more senior guys, Rocker the Goonie potentially, 
is there still a place for him in the in in the twenty three going forwards? Because he's not looked himself. Well, yeah, it seems. Uh, I feel like I should probably give credit to Jack Andrew Jones, who got in touch on Instagram. If you, say, <laughs> if you want to shout out, get in touch on Instagram. But he says football discussion, Rocco's future. He has he has no confidence. Tried to jump ship last year. Is he expensive? We look to have a multitude of younger, cheaper, and better performing Wiggins. Uh, Rory, Will, Alex Gray, hopefully see Gray, yeah. Watson, Gabe, Joe, Atkins. So, I, I, I mean, he does he does make a fair point. I mean, Rocco. That's the point is, I just made. <laughs> no, but I, I think I, I shared that with you uh, a bit before, which is maybe where you got some inspiration. I'm not sure, but oh, I, I didn't see that. Okay, either, either way, either way, it's it's a good good talking point, and maybe you and Jack. What do you think, then, mate? What do you think? What do I think? I think I think Rocco's he's sort of one of these elder statesmen like he's he's the most experienced player at the club he has the most caps for Bath uh, so in the entire squad that is sorry um, so clearly he's he's wise old head to have around how expensive he is I'm not sure but there is like so much talent in that back three position that I, I do feel on like, if you wanted to build for the future as well he's probably not someone we want to be keeping around for seasons to come and yet he probably does come with a with a with a larger paycheck at the end of every month than the likes of uh, uh yeah the likes of uh, Gabe Hamer Webb probably yeah probably Will Muir Alex Gray I'm not sure so oh, yeah. it'd be an interesting one but yeah I, I, he 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 does he doesn't quite have that same impact that he's he's shown over previous seasons uh, I mean he's powerful he's a powerful guy and he's made some he's been Made some uh, huge hits in defence as well, so it's yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. He's yeah, he's 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 definitely got talent on his day, but I do think like perhaps his consistency has has dropped off a bit. But I th- I'm sure as a, as a man to have around the squad that we don't necessarily see on a Saturday, I'm sure he like he's definitely bringing a lot of value in in that area. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, th- I think that the, what you said about Will, Will Muir, Charlie, about how he kind of pinned his ears back and, and really shows to kind of run hard and, and aggressively at defence is something we just haven't seen from Rocco Laguni. And I think, uh, is it Andrew who, who got in touch with us uh, saying that he, he looks like he lacks confidence? He really does look like he lacks confidence. And, and he just never tries to take people on on the outside, never tries to really beat people anymore. And, and that's the complete opposite of... of particularly um, uh, Rory McConaughey and Will Muir. But also when we see Gabe Hamer-Webb, he seems to have a lot more confidence. We haven't seen anything of Alex Gray yet, but also someone like Tom DeGlamble from fullback. He's really taking the ball ball at pace and and aggressively. And Rocco Laguni seems to stop uh, and assess his options too much as opposed to back himself. And I think what made Rocco Laguni such an effective player... don't, I think we, it's important we shouldn't forget how good he was for a period of time. Comfortably the best winger in the club for a period of time. In the Premiership? Potentially in the Premiership, you're right. I think what made him so good was his just pure acceleration and, and strength in those in those small areas. And I think if he's not bringing that to the table, I think he doesn't necessarily offer enough elsewhere. It's not like he's a great kind of tactical kicker or, or great defensive player. Uh, uh, winger that was never his strength and if he hasn't got that explosivity to beat people I'm not sure he brings enough to the table to kind of warrant a place over someone like Will Muir Roy McConaughey who, who both A seem to have the basics down to a T but also have that explosivity and, and that pace the other guy that I, I think is you know 
he looks at the next six months and what that what his future looks like is is Joe Cock and Asiga. And we've got Anthony Watson now coming back for the remainder of the season. He'll obviously slot in to that um to that back three somewhere. Um Tom de Glanville, it's very difficult to drop him from the fullback, yeah. fullback berth. Anthony Watson's been playing wing for England. So do you put him back onto the wing? And then Joe Cock and Asiga's presumably fourth in the pecking order. So how does he get game time? There's no United games, there are no there's no Premiership Rugby Cup. So how does he, in the same way that you talk about Rock of the Uni, how does he get kind of the game time that, that he needs to get his confidence back? Anyway, guys, we don't, don't know how. Go on. Roy McConaughey plays lock. <laughs> <laughs> get him all I mean, in the What team. can't the man do? What can't the man do, honestly? I, I couldn't believe it. So I think in the second half, he, he, he took the ball from the line out which led to Tom Dunn's second try. But he also did one in the first half as well. In, incredible. And I'm not sure... The technique was perfect. I think, you know, if you're teaching someone to jump the line out, I'm not sure you kind of teach them to almost do the splits in the air, their legs are so wide, but effective. And That's an experience game. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not going to have the line out. No. I'm not going to have the line outs, no. But I've watched a lot of botch line outs at Old Tunes rugby training when I'm waiting for the ball at scrum half. And they often don't look great when the legs are kind of splayed out and people are falling over. So, uh, yeah, I know kind of what it looks like when it goes wrong, I guess. But yeah, certainly when he got the ball down, he seemed to like grab all the players together and he was really kind of going for it, 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 it to get them over the line. So that was great. And Roy was fantastic. Sorry, Tom, I interrupted you. No, no, that's going to be a very good point. No, it wasn't. I mean, there's no better point than that. The, yeah, I, I was, that was incredible. I couldn't believe I love that he did that in the 12th minute. Because <laughs> I, 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 I'd assumed when we saw it, I didn't notice it in that first half. I'd assumed that it was just because of the injuries and, and the, the people shifting around. But... 12 minutes. Did you guys hear the kind of rationale for why he why they put him up? Well, Probably because he's so much lighter. He's he's a tall guy. He's so much lighter. You can just fling him up in the air so quickly and easily. Yeah. Perhaps. No, that, that was, well, that's not what Ross Batty was saying. So well, I think Ross Batty was suggesting that it met, it allowed it, it kind of took out a lock from that position and allowed the, the both locks to be ready to push over. But I, as we've established, I don't know much about lock play, but I always thought that that position of the guy taking it and then grasping everyone together was an important role. But clearly, they think that it's more effective if they're in there, kind of heads down and pushing. And yeah. You have anyone there. Yeah. If you put, you put if you put Josh McNally up and he's not then pushing, you're you're losing out on sort of a difference of say thirty or forty kilos between him and Rocket, him and McConaughey. So I think what what they were saying was that they were just trying to get him up almost get him, get him down and then get every single player. Because for that more, you also saw Jonathan Joseph flying. So get every single player, including all the heaviest players, just pushing and trying to overwhelm the Worcester guys. It's certainly a mm. kind of bit of a new tactic that we haven't seen. No, like, I, you, I mean, like, yeah, d- definitely. I mean, having just, the extra man to be able to, to push and have someone who's, who's 110 kilos pushing, uh, well, it's, it's, it's an extra man you can put in the line, but you can't underestimate the value of of the jumper in the line out who then yeah he does keep them all together and he th- that that man is often so important actually steering and guiding them all uh, you can almost like as if you're steering a, a boat or whatever you mean you can pull people around either side so how, that's actually an essential part to them all so uh, it's 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 an interesting tactic and whether they try that against i mean that's this was a sort of second Worcester team so whether they try that 
but in, in other games going ahead, I'm not sure. Or maybe it's if it's something that he wants to identify on the fly and just think, look, we're we're against quite a few younger guys, and we can, you know, which tend to be slightly lighter guys as well because they haven't quite filled out. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what they. They, they they wanted to to highlight, but it was great. I, I loved seeing it, and it it, it did yeah. bring a smile to my face. It's sorry, Tom. It's weird. Like it's not a skill that he would have learned at sevens. It's not like a guy that's kind of done it at sevens because in sevens it's just kind of a slinging and free fall, isn't it? They're not yeah. getting anyone up. So yeah, we, I mean we've waxed lyrical about Roy McConaughey countless times on this podcast. So I, I think. Everyone knows that we we enjoy his game. I've not seen that aspect to his game, but yeah, an all round player. And if Warren Gatlin's watching, uh, they're, 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 then there's, I think there's a spot on the bus to, to Twickenham or wherever they're going. Uh, I'll be kicking six next week. <laughs> yeah, Priestland's giving up. It's thirty six an hour. I think, I think that's the wingers uh, covered off pretty nicely, Tom. And I thought instead of going through each of the six tries, lads, maybe if we just pick out one that we enjoyed most. Charlie, you picked out a couple there from Wilmier. Tom, was there one of the six tries we scored in the first half that really stood out to you? Oh, I'd bar. They're all great, but I, I really enjoyed the Ben Spencer uh, passage of play for his try. Uh, Jonathan Joseph, who's a guy, he's a guy that's been struggling. Uh, got, Joe Marchant was obviously preferred to him and he was, despite him being in the shadow squad, so he, he's had a tough time of it and has definitely had his confidence knocked. He gave a lovely ball out to Rory McConaughey on the, the right wing who clearly wanted to get in on the action that Will Muir was having the other side and broke through two or three tackles, uh, got sort of into sort of two or one position and then gave a, well, uh, a bullet of a pass off his right hand to Ben Spencer who reached out full stretch and kind of tipped it up to take it over the line. I thought that was, yeah, a nice bit of kind of team interplay and it's something that they practice, isn't it? When you see them warming up, you see them kind of getting the, getting, getting the line breaks and then sort of just nailing that two-on-one or that three-on-two at the end. So that was, again, a really nice bit of kind of heads-up rugby from Jonathan Joseph and then kind of great uh, uh, clinical finishing that mm. we, we don't always see from from Bath. So, I, yeah, I enjoyed that one. I thought it was kind of well-worked and... Uh, and 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 yeah, Ben Spencer can can do no wrong at the moment. Yeah, and I think an example there, Tom, of of a bit more ambition to go wide a little bit earlier. I think that was almost. I think we turned the ball over. I think it was our own a, half, an yeah. early phase in our own yeah. half. I think ever since that the success we had in that first half of the Exeter game, I know Stuart Hooper has gone on record to say it's something they've been trying to do for a period of time. I think as supporters, we really saw it for the the kind of first time in effect in that extra game. I think since then, we've really tried to expand our game. It's been really noticeable. And I do think Jonathan Joseph, in the absence of Cam Redpath, has been a really key figure in distributing and getting the ball wide to these really potent wingers and back three players. And, and that's kind of really great to see. And I think Jonathan Joseph was at the fore for... For, for the try that I enjoyed most, which was the final try of the first half, just on the brink of half-time, when it looked like uh, we, we'd gotten into the 22 and it looked like Worcester had blitzed well and got in, up in Jonathan Joseph's face. And he kind of just, he must have just seen a, a chance on the outside and a perfectly weighted grubber for, for Max Clark. And I think Big Joe was, was also on hand if it had gone the other way. So I think he'd identified that there was two chasers and only the one the one Worcester guy at the back. So whether it was by luck, Charlie, you're looking at me like you think it was pure luck, but Jonathan, no, not at all. Who has been out of luck recently, I guess. Uh, a fantastic bit of skill that I thought. No, honestly, I thought it, I thought it was phenomenal on the, oh, on the outside good. of the boot. On the outside of the boot. Yeah. And he had the, the, the speed of decision-making in that, in that moment as well. He, he honestly, 
he, he pretty much took man and ball and manages just to drop it down on 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 that big slipper and just get it yeah, get it through on the outside and yeah there was as you say there was it was it could have gone to either uh, big joe or uh, Max Clark who yeah obviously got the I think the uh, I think another talk of guys who are lacking confidence and Max Clark mm. I think he had his yeah, albeit and we should caveat against pretty weak opposition uh, he again it was another guy who was it was good to see have a bit more of a confident game mm. taking the ball a lot of first receiver uh, I thought and, and carrying a lot yeah so uh, good to see him kind of get back to to a bit of form and, and also get on the score sheet I think he looked really powerful didn't he in the carry he was uh, I mean stepping up so I've, I've never quite managed to come to terms with what sort of player Max Clark is and I always seem to see so many different aspects to his game and perhaps that's a positive because he can fulfill so many different roles but in, in terms of stepping in for Josh Matavesi who's obviously a, a, a big powerful slab of meat and he was he was he was filling in that role pretty yeah, pretty nicely, I thought. You know, carrying the ball hard and on plenty of crash balls, and yeah, I, th- I thought it was impressive. But I think he, he's he's still a guy who can slot in in that sort of thirteen jersey if he needs to quite easily. Yeah, I definitely thought it was his best game in, in the in, in the place of the big slab of me. If you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, if you're listening, yeah. it's, it's, it's all it's all good, me. Wow, <laughs> oh, good me. Um, I think we found the name for the podcast. Sorted there. Yeah, I, I thought Max Clark was was at was was his, his best game for Bath. I think you noted Tom earlier in the season that he looked slightly off the page, particularly in defence. Uh, but I think yeah, he he was great. And um, you mentioned there, Tom, the the kind of quality of the opposition. Uh, and with all those tries that we've mentioned, Bath found themselves forty nil up at half time. Now, I want you to put it into a percentage, Tom. What percentage was that Bath being good uh, compared to, or a ratio, whatever you want, compared to Bath being good and Worcester being completely off the pace and inept? Where where do you draw where do you draw the line? Yeah, it's hard to put percentage on, isn't it? Because they're not kind of independent things. They're kind of, uh, one depends very much on the other. But I think... But was it a case look, of us being great or them being inept? Is guess what I'm trying to say. And, and it's... Okay, it probably was a bit of both, but where does the balance more sway in your mind? Yeah, I think if I if I was pushed, I'd probably say it was it was them being poor. Uh, yeah, I I don't think there's any other team in the league where we'd be forty nil up having played like that in the in the first half. That said, I also think that we would have been ahead against most teams in the league having played like that. So I think there were there were moments where we showed flashes as we've as we've discussed, but. They made it quite easy for us, to be honest. For for, for most of the time, as I say, they were they were very young. Uh, the fly off who who grew into the game in the second half, but he he was yeah, eighteen years old. And he was he was struggling in that that first half, I think, to to deal with kind of some of the the power game and, and the speed out wide. Uh, and I think you know they've they've not won a game in fourteen games. They've lost fourteen on the bounce, in fact. And at times, I think they kind of look looked a little bit resigned. To, to that fact and if there's if you're, a, if you're a Worcester fan you're probably a bit disappointed with some of the fight I think that they they showed at times so flashes are brilliant from Bath but brilliant from Bath but I don't think we should we should get carried away with 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 this result Do you say the majority of, of, of the reason for the 40-0 margin was, was Worcester's uh, in Atmos Bath, Bath played well enough to be ahead uh, against most, most teams, teams in the Premiership Charlie is that yeah. kind of how you saw that first half? 
Um, I don't know. Uh, we were up against the sort of weak Worcester team. Uh, that like, is certainly were the starting 15 for sure. But I felt, uh, was, what's his name? Um, Jack Splorer on, on Instagram says, how hard is it to stay motivated if you put 40 on a side in the first half? Uh, I mean, contrasting to other to was it uh, JD Souls saying not being able to string a whole eighty minutes together is 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 an issue. So you can look at it from 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 two sides. I think we, we sorry, did sorry, just talking about the first focusing half. on the first half. We'll come on to sorry, sorry, yeah, okay, sorry. Just so how good you pick Bath were in that first half, or do you think that it is? I, th- I, th- I think I think we were phenomenal. Okay, I, great. I, I, I sort of I I sort of want to come at this from from putting it comparing and contrasting first of all so I'll sort of hold my tongue but I, I thought I thought we were we were phenomenal and like the, the, the tries we scored were were sort of like perfectly executed like team tries sort of like textbook tries in the way that it was like powerful powerful mauls on one wing uh, a couple of powerful carries sucking the defenders and earn the right to go out wide like for those for those first two tries uh, especially that's, that's what I thought was so impressive and yeah uh, perhaps we weren't up against like the strongest team but I think I think we executed everything perfectly and I think I think yeah we, we, we were phenomenal right, so Charlie Bath were phenomenal Tom somewhere on the fence I'll, I'll come on the other side to be honest I think I was trying to get a percentage in my mind I don't know you probably saying it doesn't work Tom but I think 80, I'll say, I'll go 70, I think 80-85% of, uh, of the reason we were so good we were made to look so good by uh, a completely uh, not up to standard premiership side in that first half which were terrible in that first half we dominated every area we dominated all the collisions all the moves all the scrums all the line outs uh, uh, and dominating every tackle the Will Muir carries three times for three clean breaks. Will Muir's a good player, but three meters a carry. He's got to be. He's got to be. He's got to be tackled. You can't. You can't at Premiership level. You can't have a line out on your on the halfway line and on first phase the wing on the other side score in the corner without a tackle being made. That that's good from Bath. It's great, but it's not a captain's run. It's Premiership rugby and Worcester for me. And I try to. I think we probably disagree then. Worcester for me were, were not up to standard and Bath were good, but I don't think if we play like that, we, we, we'd be any time. We were flattered to, to yeah, look a lot definitely. better than we were, I think. And we were good, but nothing was coming back at us. Nothing was I don't think I don't us. think any of those tries in the first half, they were they were all due to missed tackles or Worcester just unable to defend the mall and we just kind mm. of walked over. So I understand where you're coming from. It, it, it's just impossible to say how another team would have reacted, right? But and I think Worcester looked a hell of a lot stronger when they did get some of their experienced guys um, off the bench mm. in that in that in that second half. Well, let's move in, Charlie. And I just I interrupted you before you were going to talk about it. So why don't you lead off with this? No, because what what I'm saying is like I do understand like where what what, what you're saying. I mean, we, 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 no, 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 just sorry. Yeah, you always laugh when I say it, but I, I, Back and off, mate. I can see, I can see your point of view. And like, we did out, we, we did completely outmuster them, outpower them. I mean, partly because of their team selection. And I, I, I acknowledge that, but I think we executed everything absolutely perfectly, which is why I think it was, it was a fantastic performance. I mean, we performed exactly how we needed to. Mm. And, Yes, perhaps better teams would have would have uh, well, yeah would have stopped a couple of those ex- couple of those tries being scored. You execute everything. I think you execute everything perfectly yeah. in a, in a captain's run when you've got no opposition. 
you know, the, the breakdown, there was no competition. It was literally as soon as it's there, it's away, away, away. A tackle, it's almost like Stuart Hooper was shouting at the wingers to go down when they made a break. That was the sort of level we're talking for me in that first half. It okay. Okay. Rugby first half. Watching it back, especially, I, I thought was to report. No, fair enough. Let's, but, move, into uh, the sec- let's move into the second half. Charlie. Moving into the second half. So, mm. I mean, it, well, it's it's sort of it, what I'm going to say involves slightly the the end mm. of the first half as well because we, I mean, we we've spoken about Tom the Glanville and Will Muir already on 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 this podcast. I mean, look, I Will Muir was phenomenal for the half hour that he was on the field. Um, and I don't think it's coincidence that since he started playing in a Bath team, since that game against Harlequins when he came on off the bench, that we have started to turn uh, our performances around since then. And we've strung together a, a, lo- a load of wins. We've only lost to Exeter. And I think it's partly because he is the type of player that you get the ball in his hands and he makes something happen. Which is why I think he's, he he is so crucial, and likewise with Tom de Glanville, like you get the ball in his hands and he makes something happen. Both those guys come off, and then Priestland comes off as well. I can't remember when Priestland came off, but I know those two were certainly early on in the first half. And you got Orlando Bailey, who we had. God, we have we how long into this podcast we've got mentioned Orlando Bailey? That was <laughs> that was that should have been news of the podcast. It should have been in the opening in the opening sequence. Orlando Bailey was on the bench for Bath, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, he only came on and he was playing at fullback, which is obviously what is it with Bath and, uh, and <laughs> having having tens play at fullback. Um, so didn't really get to see him properly open up uh, and properly pull the strings, but. We've got a couple of guys playing out of position, which yeah, it really doesn't... Mm. Wasn't Ben Spencer a pullback? No, Ben Spencer was on the wing. But, so when Priestland went off, I think Spencer went to the wing, uh, McConaughey went to fullback slash lock, uh, really? and Chudley went to nine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So um, Chudley went, yeah. Because no, Priestland went off in the second half, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. 41st yeah. minute. After that, Bailey, after that Bailey was the fullback then. Bailey was quite half. Yeah, so yeah. Bailey, Bailey was, yeah. Bailey was fullback when he came on for... For Will Muir, I think, and then moved up to ten with like yeah. twenty minutes to go or something. No, I think it was it was actually on the forty first minute. To be fair, yeah, um, was it? Was it that early on? Chris yeah. had that charge down kick, which led to their first try and kind of limped off after that. But yeah, yeah, it was good. So basically, yeah. My 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 point is that mm. I think we were piecing a few players together, uh, like well, piecing together a bit of a backline, and also Tom, you sort of briefly mentioned it while Worcester had a starting 15 that was kids. I mean, come on, it was, and it was a second string team and it was, there was no experience there whatsoever apart from sort of Chris Ashton and Kvesic who aren't even sort of long time Worcester boys, are they? So, whereas we had a, our full strength starting 15, it was ahead of a team. Um, and then on the bench, other than, other than the five, the bench, it, was, it, was, it was the complete opposite. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, on the bench, it was complete opposite, and we had uh, I mean, they they had the likes of like Francois Houhard to bring on, etc. And I'm trying to remember, we had two pretty inexperienced props in uh, Arthur Cordwell and well, Christian Judge wasn't there. He's on this team. Should have got in front of me. Who was it? Who came in? Kieran um, Burden. And then you still got Ethan Stadden, like Orlando Bailey on the bench. Like our bench was pretty mm. inexperienced, and I think that probably tells a bit when you're getting into a game where the momentum then starts to swing and 
they got the first score in the first half and they sort of start to get their tails up a bit of belief and they, they pulled like put a couple of scores together quite quickly and that soon like gives you a bit of a boost in and you know, encourage those Worcester boys to play so I think that's partly where it, it, it didn't really work for us in, in the second half and I mean as as whoever it was Jack uh, Jack whatever on, on Instagram sorry I haven't got that in front of me uh, says like how hard is it to stay motivated like you surely like you take your foot off the gas a bit like the game was done and dusted we had the bonus point in 26 minutes like it's, uh, it's, there's, there's, there's no wonder that we we did start to tail off a bit and didn't put together a lot, a lot of a lot of people on uh, social media were being quite critical about that second party so oh, really? yeah well from, from what I saw uh, a lot of people saying we can't put together a full 80 minutes etc etc so it sounds like Charlie that you're sympathetic to to that given as you say the injuries people playing out of position Worcester bringing on uh, stronger stronger bench and us having experienced guys coming on and also the fact that it is difficult to kind of keep that same mental focus when you're 40 points nil up because I think that's that's certainly when where, where I am and I think you know what better time to in those difficult situations when you lose players you have to play out of position when you're 40 points up what better time to uh, blood some of the newer guys who haven't played Orlando Bailey getting 50 minutes for example I think, you know, we lost 22 points to seven, as you said, Jay, at the start. That's not a disaster. And I think in the context of some of those things, uh, I think, yeah, some of the comments I've seen are kind of, kind of pretty harsh, to be fair. Well, just looking at Twitter, I think I was, I kind of got the impression Bath fans had put that, the, the, uh, the second half defeat, I guess, down to the exact reasons that you guys are pointing out. And I was actually... I was pretty disappointed, to be honest, with that with that second half. And I know, I know, I understand the circumstances that you guys have outlined, but I just don't think that explains the 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 the, the poor performance in that second half because it was a poor performance. Worcester had sixty eight percent possession on fifty seven minutes. Like, okay, we lose our fly half and we lose a couple of wingers, but that doesn't that doesn't explain why you give away eight penalties in the second half. That doesn't explain why you let them. You let them get a bonus point, and I know it won't affect us in the in the grand scheme of things. But I just think, I just think it's poor. Like I really do. We've seen when we've been battered by by Exeter and battered by Bristol, we don't get let back in, and maybe they take their foot off the gas in terms of they don't score as many points in the second half. But they don't just let you back in like that. And I think a really good team, which we aren't, a really good team, kind of just slams the door on you defensively and just shuts that game out and doesn't let you get a sniff. And I, I, I think. I think excuses are being made a little bit too quickly for that that second half. I, I thought it was pretty poor, actually. Yeah, I I, I don't agree with you there, mate. I think I think yeah, I think I think that's that's really harsh. I think me too. Still, we still won by twenty five points. New guys playing who hadn't played, guys playing completely out of position, two scrum halves on the field. We've got Some, one guy playing out of position. Well, you have well, fine. We have Ben. Well, Ben Spencer playing wherever it was. I thought it was, I thought it was fullback. Uh, Final Orlando Bailey coming on and yeah. to run the show. The game finished like that game. Yeah. Orlando yeah. Bailey was playing. Sorry, Tom, speaking over you. Yeah, I was just going to say. I think we, when you lose players injured like that, you have new guys coming on the field. Was to have some experienced guys coming on, uh, and we still win by twenty five points. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. I, I, and and the, the, the losing bonus points, not kind of a relevant point really in my view. Like they're they're so far behind. It's not the end of the world at all that the, 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 they got that point. So They're yeah. not bringing on Richie McCaw and Dan Carter. 
we're bringing on Neil Annett and I, I can't like these guys aren't world beaters they're bringing on oh they had Max van Dijk who is a bit of a world beater <laughs> although not in one on they had, had Francois Houhard Cornel Dupree uh, Francois Venter these are experienced Ethan Waller these are ex- experienced guys and we had guys who uh, yeah haven't, haven't played that much rugby and we were we had those injuries as well had those injuries as well sorry so I think yeah I, it's, it's not a massive deal in, in my view but I mm. think looking uh, as I say look, I think putting too much blame on, on, on those guys and saying that it's, it's kind of a poor uh, you know saying that you thought that was poor I think, I think, I think that's, that's slightly harsh in my book well the, the second half performance was poor I, I think that's fair enough I think we ended up losing the possession stats 45 to 55 given how much we dominated that that's that first half to let them to let them back in like that and I think you know they did score we well, didn't let them back in <laughs> like they, they never got anywhere near us. The game was done after half an hour. We didn't we didn't let them have a sniff at winning the game. They scored a couple of tries early on. One was a streaky charge down mm. off Reese Priestland, who got injured in the process. They scored a couple more tries. We then responded with a try of our own, and they scored late on to get a four try bonus point, and we won by twenty five points. So they were never nearly back in the game. Yeah, I, I guess they just back, got four tries. I guess back in the game is not the right expression. But would you not like to see Bath just keep a team down? And, and just and like we did it against Bristol in that first half, just get, just get nothing from the game. I, I just think that's a, a trait of a, of a really good team. Doesn't kind of let that that not 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 let that lead slip, but but let the performance drop so drastically from 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 what was a, a good performance in the second half to me, what was a poor performance in that second. Yeah, like sorry, Gay, like you just compared that to to Bristol. Mm. Like Bristol ended up winning the game forty three three, wasn't it? So, yeah, 48-3. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, whatever. Okay, okay. Like, they went 40 nil up in the first half and then, like, I, look, I, and, and also, looking at that Bristol game, I think, like, you, like, you, I think you sort of got it in your head that Worcester was so poor in the first half that we, we dropped our game, like, down to their level in the second half. That didn't happen. Like, you've got to give some credit to Worcester and, like, then turning that game around. Like, obviously went into half time, got an absolute bollocking, yeah. like, made some changes and, and, like, came out with, with a lot of intent. They did look like, like a team that actually had to try and prove something in that second half, so they weren't an absolute embarrassment. And, and like, whereas you compare that to us when we played against Bristol, our heads, our heads had dropped after, like, 10 minutes and we, and that didn't turn around at half time there was like the belief was completely gone this 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 Worcester team that came out in the second half had a lot more like intent and belief about them I think I think you've got to give you've got to give some credit you've got to give some credit like you can't some, yeah I will give some but I think you see it a lot with teams as well like to, to some extent they have a really good first half they get the job done mm. in that first half and then you often see that they can't quite keep the mental intensity up Whereas the other team, as you say, have gone in, had a harsh talking to and come out and try and kind of salvage some pride. What do you say? That's is all it was at most. There was no way they could win that game. Uh, gee, so I, yeah. I, as, as Stuart Hooper, what, 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 like at halftime, what do you say? You just say, no, no. We're the same, please, lads. Like, like they've done, they done nothing wrong. They've done absolutely nothing wrong. Like I really couldn't have, I wouldn't have a clue what to say other than, yeah, good job. 
keep it up, boys. But that's all. That's all you can say. You can't be like. Can we think? Right. Good. You can't be like good work, but you got to work on this area. You got to like. You've got to be uh, uh, hitting him on his outside shoulder more. Like, or, like there's there's never a guard at the rack or whatever. I mean, because mm. they, they're noticing that. I don't. I don't know. I mean, whereas, mm. like, yeah, there's there's a lot of work ons in that Worcester dressing room. Okay, I think. I and think- also, and also, Gabe. I oh, look. I mean, we just scored forty-seven points against the team. Like okay, like it, it, that we had scored forty in the first half. Fair enough, but uh, we scored forty-seven points against the team. Like mm. how? How? What would you have given like eight weeks ago to have scored forty-seven <laughs> points in the in the entire season, let alone in one game? <laughs> I think I think we have fair points. Just though. be happy yeah. with it. And I think I think the, I think the boys are as well. I think I think they're buzzing after such like emphatic win. Like we just completely put a team to bed, and I think that sort of shows that when we're getting it right, like the team can click. And you know, I think it I think it's I think it's a good debate, boys. And um, certainly, want to get in touch with us with your thoughts on socials at Bath Rugby Plug for sure. Uh, kind of any final thoughts, lads, on on this game, Tom. Not on the game, but I just want to make a general point. Yeah. Uh, something we've said repeatedly and we said, uh, gee, when we very first spoke prior to this season, uh, how, how much we were going to be affected by international call-ups this year. You know, something we were really concerned about. And actually now you look at the Six Nations period has now concluded. We've won five out of seven games mm. during that during that period. We've, we've, we've come up from 10th back up into 7th, 11th at one point, I think we were, up, back up into, into 7th in the league following two really, really bad results prior to the Six Nations against Bristol and Wasps that, that we just mentioned. So I think that's been really positive and that has, I think, been... Uh, it, was, it was definitely a fear of ours and it's not materialised. And I think to a degree, another point I'd make is it's, it's forced Hooper's hand to blood some new talent. Mm. Bayless, Reed, De Glanville, Muir, Bailey now. Guys that we wouldn't have seen if those guys weren't picked for England. So there, there are lots of positives. The results have been good and we've benefited from getting these guys out on the pitch. So... All in all, as a six nation as a six nation period goes, could have been a lot, lot worse. Yeah, and I think we, we rarely say that, don't we, as Bath fans? We're also always lamenting that the Six Nations period is uh, is so costly to our chances. Charlie, any final thoughts from you? Yeah, final thoughts um, is uh, Ross Batty clearly. <laughs> oh yeah, knows. we got to talk about Ross Batty. Ross Batty clearly only knows uh, Will Muir by the horse because he, he was there he was there clearly not trying to refer to him as as, as, as the horse on um uh, on comms because when he goes in for a second try he goes yeah i mean tom muir has got gone from strength to strength <laughs> he doesn't even know his name yet <laughs> so are, are we really being led to believe that the only reason he's called the horse is because of his long stride is that is that we're definitely going that way I think I think we'll have to get him on the pod to let him tell us why. <laughs> um, Luke Charteris is still at the pub. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Uh, sorry, final thought from me, and it's a question to you, Tom, because I, I accept that I'm blinded about this. Is Ben Spencer back to his best? Oof, best. Uh, he's got to be very close. He had a, he had a, he had a great game. Mm. Oh, and also, sorry, he did have a great game. He's yeah. kicking to touch. Oh, the one towards the end. Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. And, and sorry, I'll, I'll give you both a guess. And if you know, don't say. Who won the Bath Rugby Paul Roger <laughs> Ooh, Man of the Match for that game? Charlie, go first, have a guess. Well, no idea. Um, 
Christ. Uh, no, it wasn't Christ. Either. I will go. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go for Jonathan Joseph. It was not Jonathan Joseph. Charlie. Tom Dan. Was not Tom oh. Dan. Go on, have another go. Well, if this is, I was surprised. Put it that way. Elliot Stoop. No, I thought Stoop probably would have been deserving. To be honest. Charlie, last guess. I'll give you. Last a guess. It'd be your. It's it's a type of Nando sauce we were talking about last week. Quan <laughs> Schumann. It was Van really? Schumann, yeah. Seventy minutes got man of the match. So, um, yeah, enjoy that bottle of wine, Juan, if you're listening, uh, or champagne, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I thought we did okay, but I would think there may have been some other candidates that I would have gone with first. He's up to mango and lime, is he now? He's up to mango and lime. Uh, cool. Um, <clears throat> right, lads, let's move on. Um, before we get to the preview of the London Irish game on Saturday, there's a little bit of news that we've got to touch on. We spoke there about Reese Priestland limping off on 41 minutes with, with what Hooper described as a not-too-serious leg injury. Uh, but we did learn earlier in the week that, that one of Bath's other fly halves had a, a, a much more serious leg injury, Tom. Tian Schumann, first appearance for the club, ends in injury, which ends his season. So, so disappointing. Really is, yeah. We, what do we know? We all thought it was a, a dead leg and he'd, he'd walk it off. So, <laughs> gutted for him because he hasn't really had a chance. Uh, he, he played a fullback a few times and then got his chance through Reese being injured to have a go at fly half and then up the rest of the season. So, uh, gutted for him because he hasn't really been able to fire a shot but gee you may get your your wish now and we may see a lot more of of Orlando Bailey who I thought you know we should probably mention how, how we thought he got on I thought he did he, he looked he looked promising while he was on although albeit he didn't have much ball but we're probably going to see a lot more of him now with with Schumann up for the rest of the season yeah hopefully we'll see a lot more of Landy Bailey I mean the the kicking from the touchline is infectious he absolutely nailed the conversion for, yeah. for the second Tom Dunn try which was which was impressive uh, Charlie, kind of a little thought on, on Schumann uh, before we talk on Cipriani. Yeah, really yeah, massive shame for, for Tian and like speedy recovery. Uh, I hope, you, hope you're back on the pitch as soon as possible. Um, and it, it'll, be, it'll be tough next season because Reese is obviously leaving and he's mm. been, he's owned that 10 jersey for the past what, two, three seasons at least. Mm. So it's going to feel like we've got, I mean, whoever's in the 10 jersey next season, they're going to feel like a, a, a new signing, whether that's in, in yeah, in, in the 10 jersey or on the, in the reserve 10 jersey on the bench. Like, they're both going to be pretty new faces. I mean, this is a podcast by the fans for the fans and I put a little poll out on, on Instagram and uh, well, we talked who, about who, who would you like to see, who would you like to see in, in the 10 jersey most of all? And I mean, the fans have spoken and it's, it's dominant, uh, for Orlando Bailey, uh, sort of a landslide victory. People want to see him get in that ten jersey. And let's be honest, what better opportunity? I mean, mm, we've mentioned yeah. it before. No, there's there's no relegation. I mean, it just yeah, uh, mm. it's we. Although yeah, I think it will happen off the bench though. I don't think the no relegation point you still want to win. We're, we're looking at the table, aren't we? And we need to yeah. get as we said, we need to get all those wins. But it means he's probably on the bench as a regular, which would be good. Yeah, yeah. you've got to give him a couple of stars. I think I, I probably agree and we obviously don't know how serious Reese's leg injury is so maybe London Irish at Brentford Community Stadium will be Landy's debut um, I think what is so disappointing about the Tian Schumann injury guys is that we just don't know if he's the answer next season because we just haven't seen him 
Uh, and with Reese obviously leaving, there's increased speculation this week. Nicely done. Uh, thank you. Around Danny Cipriani joining the club. Uh, I think the rugby paper reported earlier this week that Barton Cipriani, talks between Barton Cipriani are at an advanced stage. Now, to be clear, this will be for next season. I think he's made clear that he wants to have the remainder of this season off getting himself in the right frame of mind. He's working with Johnny Wilkinson, I think, on kind of a one-to-one basis. Um, so, yeah, Tom, I guess I'll come to you first. <sighs> Cipriani, next season in a Bath shirt, what, if, if it was announced tomorrow, what would be your, your initial reaction? First thing I just want to say is, mm. I know it's been widely reported, but there's a lot of rumours circulating that have been about Bath players. I will be really surprised if this is, is legit and if this happens. Yeah, it, it, Hooper likes to talk so much about culture and environment and spending a lot of time picking the right person to come into the, the club and the organisation. And he's got all those kind of, you know, the management speed down to a, a T now. And I, I just, it doesn't strike me that Cipriani, who's had his troubles with every club he's been at pretty much, including Gloucester more latterly, and he left with immediate effects and all that. It just doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that, that Hooper would be interested in. That aside, you know, if, if the rumours kind of, kind of are to be are to be true and you know it, a lot of fans I've seen uh, seem really positive on it the way I could probably see it playing out is kind of as follows so it would be really rosy for the first few months uh, we think he was all kind of the best thing in the world he'd take over our attack Charlie you, you'd no longer be talking about uh, uh, the playbook in, in in the sea you'd be you'd be you'd be loving what Sippers is bringing and then it would it would just all go wrong at some point. It would all end in tears, as it has done with all the other clubs that he's 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 been involved in. Uh, I think it's a massive call for Hooper to do that, for Cipriani to come in, take all the credit when it goes well, and then when it it, it all ends in tears, as I, I think it would, we'd look back and it would be a, a you know Stuart Hooper would really come into question for having made that decision. So I, I just don't see it personally ending well. And I, I don't necessarily think it's the it's the kind of player that would would fit in well to to our squad. Charlie, let me frame the question like this this to you then. If you're if you're Stuart Hooper now, are you pulling the trigger? Say Cipriani's keen, is up for it. Two years, we'll say. Are you pulling the trigger on Cipriani for two years at Bath or not? Two years, no. I mean, one year. One year. Look, uh, I'm 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 pretty much in the same mindset as Tom. I think he just demands like that the team is like built around him and revolves around him. So he's either got to be like a long-term employment or sort of, as Tom said, it would be all happy and rosy for, for, for a short period of time. That could be an entire season. So I'm trying, trying to play devil's advocate because I think I, I, I've got, I've got, I've got an idea of, of where all of our heads are out on this. So, well, no, be honest, Charlie. I, I think you've said to us that you, you wouldn't be happy to see this, and if that's the case, no, look, I, 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 I really don't want it to happen. I think it would be a yeah, terrible. Thank you. Thing. Say it. No, well, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate because, look, I, I think I do think it would be a terrible idea because we've just got to build the entire squad around him. Like he, he's phenomenally talented. Don't get me wrong, but. I just don't think, like from like a culture sort of point of view, and this like we're supposed to be building it, building the team to fifty percent home grime by twenty twenty three. Like, like you, I, come on, look. I just think <laughs> it, it, it it could it could work if he just says on a one year deal and 
it's risky. It'd be so risky, and I I would not be confident if that would happen. But he could be a cog that gets us, that flies us up the Premiership and opens up that back line because I think yeah. that has been a problem. Is someone that is is a ten who can't open up the back line. Uh, but I just don't think he is the solution to Bath problems. I mean, it's it's it is plaster on a crack. So yeah, I, I think take the culture stuff out of it. Take take bringing someone like Danny Cipriani, who let's let's be fair, I think has matured uh, since 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 he was younger. I think that is fair to say. And whether he's still you know white than white, I have no idea. But I think it's fair to say he's matured. I think taking all that out, I don't even know if this guy can still really do it at Premiership level. Towards the end of the, his run at Gloucester, he looked completely out of his depth at fly half. And I, I, I remember watching him a couple of times and he was just just making so many costly mistakes. And yeah, I do agree with you guys, but I guess I think I probably, I would probably even not want him if he was the, the perfect priest. I, I don't think he's still kind of the best option at fly half. And I think even with Reese leaving, I know Reese is leaving, but I still think the two guys as um, of Tian Schumann as a bridge to Orlando Bailey, I still think that's the option. I'd be happy to go down. And I think if we brought another person into the mix, Cipriani or whatever, I think that would be, you know, I don't really know what the use of that would be, but I think Hooper is dead set on bringing someone in. So yeah, I think, I think, space. I, importantly, I think, the pig and fiddle are probably begging that he doesn't sign for Bath because they've already had Gavin Henson through their window once in the past. So. <laughs> it's crazy though, isn't it? I was just reading reading some of the comments. Um, every, I, I put a tweet out uh, on, along similar lines to what we've just said. And so basically everyone without exception uh, are kind of saying they're warming to the idea or it would be amazing. Uh, and is there an example there to play devil's advocate, Tom, that you think is particularly um, strong against what we're saying? Charlie struggled to play devil's advocate. I knew I could see his own <laughs> opinion kind of seeping through him as he, as he lied to me down the Zoom call. Is there, is there someone... Um, I'm, not, I'm not lying. No, I know. I'm perhaps not as good as devil's advocate, but I, I do think we do need to try, like, between the three of us, we need to try and pull devil's advocate together because, well, because uh, the, 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 the polls on on twitter and uh, socials is is that is is quite is really quite divided i mean it's like it's like 55 to 45 in whether it's mm. a good idea or a bad idea and I, I i do think like lots of people would like to see this happen so uh, i mean that's what i was that's why i was trying yeah. to come no, I, I think, so, I was, so i'll give you i'll give you an example then so stand up bar uh, says on, on in response quality player would benefit Spencer and speed up distribution Sevens boys licking their lips reputation suggests fitting in as a person will be the biggest challenge but end of his career short term a different dynamic and role it's strange it's strange times but feel it might just work and it seems that a lot of people were kind of agreeing with that mm. that sentiment I just think that you might be right that he's passed his best G and I, I, but I just don't think you can leave aside the fact that he is clearly a disruptive personality in, in the squad and I think the the changes that Stuart Hooper's made to the squad make it make it younger make it more focused on the academy uh, I think have been have, have, have been brilliant and uh, you're bringing the sevens guys for example as well another another brainwave that, that from him and, and the rest of the staff there. and I think this just doesn't seem very Hooper and I think would personally think would undo a lot of that work and potentially uh, end in tears 
The only thing I was going to oh, sorry, the only thing mm. I was going to mention that I found quite funny was that there's obviously all these these it's Ruck I think who like to kind of get these get these rumors and, and get clicks on their website going, and apparently according to them, Dean Richards Newcastle are also interested, and then in France, top fourteen giant Clement are interested as well as Lyon and Toulon are also thought to be interested, oh. having been in the market for a standoff for some time. And then Japanese uh, top league side, the, the Toyota Shuttles, uh, who obviously Freddie Burns will be will be leaving there. They could be looking for him as a replacement. So I, I think there's a, you know, it, it is to, an extent, to, to some degree, I think, rumour for rumour's sake. Mm. Uh, I don't think we should see it as a done deal. Uh, no, so. I, I I agree. I don't think it's a done deal, but like Hooper is definitely on record saying he wants to add someone to the mix for next season. So definitely watch this space, and you'll be uh, across everything Bath Rugby related here at the Bath Rugby Plug podcast. Um, so another thing, guys, I think that just before we get to Irish, really briefly on this, I understand we're dragging on a little bit, but hopefully uh, you, you guys are enjoying it. I, another thing that I think we're all in agreement of on on this podcast is or we're all baffled by it, is the absence of, of Max Green in a Bath shirt and in a Bath 23. And both him and Darren Atkins, it was announced, a friend of the podcast, Darren Atkins, this week, that they will join uh, championship side Jersey Reds on loan until the end of this campaign. Tom, I think this came pretty soon after the news that it was confirmed the Premiership Rugby Cup was to be cancelled. I think that was almost seen as to be inevitable, but with that being confirmed as being cancelled, I think... Therefore, these guys were, were going to be short of opportunities. So, so go down there and, and reunite with ex-Bathman Rob Webber, I think. Yeah, I, I think definitely a good thing for, for Darren because I don't see him getting in the in the side given all the strength and depth we've got in the back three that, that I was mentioning earlier. I think for Max Green, it, it came as a bit of a shock to me because I, as I've said many, many times, I'm a bit surprised that he's not getting first-team action, certainly ahead of, of Ollie Fox. And I also think ahead of uh, ahead of Will Chudley as well. Uh, so I, yeah, it, it, it was a surprise. But as you say, without any Premiership Rugby Cup or or Bath United, the, the Shield competitions, it's yeah, they're, they're just not getting any game time. So they need to need to get that elsewhere elsewhere. And it's just a shame that they've already played Saracen, so they can do us a, <laughs> do us a favour and and get one over on them. Surprised surprised to hear you I was with- say that, Tom. I, just, I, I just, I just, I just remembered uh, you saying certain things about about Will Chudley a few weeks back. I just, I just, just, just surprised. Just surprised. <laughs> the wheels on the Chudley bandwagon are falling off, <laughs> diving for cover. <laughs> you got. I the should wrong be clear. Game. I think. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think. I think. I think Will Chudley. I think Will Chudley should be on the Lions tour, so it won't be. A bit- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Skip yeah, good, good luck to those guys. I think. Um, yeah, I really do want to see them back at Bath yeah, um, and, and playing for Bath. I don't think their careers, I hope certainly their careers for Bath aren't over. So yeah, I hope they get some good rugby and come back better next season and get an opportunity. I think they both they both need an opportunity to prove that they are good enough because I'm confident they are. Um, moving on then, boys, uh, finally to uh, a quick look ahead to Bath's next game. Uh, a trip to... Um, to the Brentford Community Stadium there, Tom, to face London Irish. Three o'clock on Saturday, no Six Nations, obviously. And I guess I'll start there. Do you see the Six Nations guys coming back uh, into the fold for Bath on Saturday? Or is London Irish uh, kind of an easy enough game for us to rest them and then bring them back and graduate? Do they not have a mandated 
No, I respirate don't. now. I think I think <laughs> they do. I think they do. Chuck, do you know that, Charlie? Uh, I think I think they they've got to have. Oh, what is it? Uh, haven't they got to have one or two games off within a certain time period? Okay, so then it has, has to be a comeback. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it's something like they have to have. Uh, don't quote me on it, but like yeah. you said, they have, to do, they have to have two weekends off in the first four weekends that you're back or something like that. Well, okay. I think looking at the fixtures, then this might be an opportunity to to give them a break. Uh, I think you know this is another game that I think we very much should be looking for for five points in and we've, we've, there are tougher challenges to come Bristol Wasps so I think maybe give those guys a break if they do need to have that, that certain number of game days off and, and stick with a, a similar size you know we mentioned that we need really five wins out of the next seven games if we're uh, sort of as a minimum if we want to be in top four based on kind of the last the last few seasons points so this is you know another one where we 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 really need to get the win, and we've not played London Irish yet this season because the the reverse fixture at the rec was was uh, called off for for COVID. So you know, they, similar to Newcastle, they they started pretty well and they've had some good results. But I, I had a look at the the game against Sale the, the weekend, and they lost forty one thirteen, and they looked pretty shaky at times, particularly in defence. So uh, you know, there's a lot of experience in that pack with with guys like Augustine Creevy. Rob Simmons, Sean O'Brien, but I would I would maybe question how much those guys really front up when when the going gets tough, as it did against it did against Sale. So hopefully do a, another number on them, um, but I think it will be key to, to to see who comes back from from injury, particularly as you mentioned, if if Reece Priestman will be available. Mm. Yeah. They are a team. What they, they are London team. Irish? Sorry, Charlie. What have you made of London Irish? Go on. <laughs> No, they're a team that can shut the ball around. I think, like, I, I do think they concede a lot of points if you if you can go back at them. But they they've scored some fantastic tries this year, and their their back three are really exciting. Uh, I, I I mean, Paddy Jackson uh, is is playing some pretty fantastic rugby. I mean, we won't get into his personal life, but um, uh, he's playing some fantastic rugby, and he's really yeah. Con- controlling that team and uh, he's yeah the puppet master mm. for, for Irish so uh, I think uh, yeah I think I think we, we, we've got to be I, I don't think we can just go in with a, with a blind eye again this is another serious team like anyone can beat anyone on their day in mm. this league and I would like to try and carry through some of the momentum that we've built up over the past couple of weeks like guys like Miles Reed are playing phenomenally so is Tom de Glanville like, this might be one where actually you rest Anthony Watson. He's been in, in full action for England. So just just let the back three keep doing what they're doing because they're, they're, they're doing a fantastic job. But perhaps someone like Charlie Ewells you might actually bring in. We're short in, short in the second row department as it is, but might bring some sort of ballast, uh, a, 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 you know, someone who can defensively smart up against an attacking team. Uh, I guess that, that'll probably depend on injuries actually, weren't Charlie, thinking about it? Because... McNally picked up what looked like a really nasty knock sure. when he fell uh, on oh, yeah. his neck on the, the lift line. Oh. He, he kind of soldiered on, pardon the fun, but I don't know whether he'll be fit. I mean, it looked like he landed on his neck from about seven oh. foot up. And Tom Glanville, the other guy you mentioned, he came off as well, obviously. So whether he'll be fit, those guys aren't fit, then I think we're much more likely to see Watson and, and Charlie Ewells come in. I, I felt a bit like De Glanville and Muir came off 
just, it almost as a precautionary method because we were we were so far ahead. I felt like he said, "Look, this game's a bit done and dust." Even if, it, despite it being in the third, first half, I think yeah, it was nature aid, it wasn't it? I think which he failed. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think I think they had a slight niggle. I mean, I would be surprised if I heard from the club that they're out for longer than a game or, or uh, yeah a game even if they are out for a game but that's tempting fate for sure uh, we don't know oh, so why did I say it yeah. <laughs> they're not getting news but it'll be a release oh, now no. following we come up this podcast he's saying Dick Lambert was out for the season Colin. why am I talking into this has he, got, has he got a dead leg yeah. <laughs> he's like a dead leg yeah <laughs> let's talk about something else so I, think, I think you guys are right I think it won't be as easy as last weekend I think they were so inexperienced last weekend and I've, I've spoken about what I thought of their performance. So I don't want to get on too much about it. But I think by contrast, London Irish have got so much more experience. You alluded to it there, Tom. I think when they played against Newcastle um, 2nd of February, it was the, the pack was the most experienced pack ever in the Premiership by international appearances. So you've obviously got Creevy, he's got over 100, I think, for Argentina. Simmons has got up to 100. Sean O'Brien... Um, a couple, uh, Ma- Ma- Maffey as well Phipps yeah. no so there's just a pack oh, right. so the pack was the most experienced pack ever fielded so I think it will be a lot more difficult and I think they do look better at home it looks like quite a nice stadium there and they do seem to kind of try to make it into a bit of a fortress you know round 10 I think it was they drew at home against Bristol in what was an absolute humdinger of the game I think you're right Charlie they, they do like to throw it around um, and guys like Blair Cowan uh, I, I think one, one thing to watch this weekend, lads, is Blair Cowan uh, with 36 tackles in, in round 13 against Worcester mm-hmm. uh, set the premiership record. Tom Dunn against Sale a couple of weeks previously had got 35 tackles. So they'll be going tackle for tackle, I'm sure. Um, but just, I do... Just running into each other for fun. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to just see yeah, get the who, numbers up. Who, who can get the numbers up. But whilst I say it will be more difficult, I would be confident. Um, and I think release the right guys back into it certainly those two front row boys they must be kind of chomping at the bit yes, to get yeah. going Benno Urbano must be kind of absolutely kicking walls in he's not played enough rugby recently so release those boys fly at it with those boys and yeah if you want to hold a couple of guys back like Tony who's played a load of rugby like Talope Falata who's played so much fantastic rugby for Wales then fine but I think there are guys that you can release who will be just so raring to go that will help that pack and I do think, Tom, Bath um, by 12 on Saturday would be my prediction. How did we get on last week? Yeah, I was just trying to look that up, actually. Give me a second. Can okay, you just do Charlie. a bit of filler, Charlie? Go on, Charlie. <laughs> a bit of filler. What's well, you, you, your you prediction, Charlie? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it'll be... It'll be an interesting one. I, I think terrible small talk. But uh, no, I think if, if, we, if, we, if we can match them up front and gets yeah get some dominance in the set piece hopefully i mean if we can get stuart back abano back and mm. get them starting if we can get yeah stuart abano and dunn back in in one two three jerseys i mean that that is tasty especially the way they're playing at the moment i mean uh so but, mate I'm, I'm, i've got the prediction you've got them <laughs> so the final result was bath by 25 obviously g went bath by 18 Ooh, under Charlie by twenty and me by twenty-four. Oh man! So the the second half performance that you were you were slagging off so much to that that <laughs> did me a favour. Nearly nearly came in exactly. But what did you go, Charlie? You went when he was feeling so badly that he didn't even mention. I, did, I didn't even get around to it. Let's wrap up, Charlie. Bath by how many? Bath by nine. 
Tom, no one's listening at this point. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Bath by sixteen. Okay, I'll make a note of it. Thank you very much for listening. Um, really enjoyed that podcast, boys, and hopefully you did at home. As I said, do review the podcast, and we'll read them out next weekend, boys. Next week, boys, one of you uh, remind me of that. Follow us on socials at Bath Rugby Plug. Uh, get in touch with us and spread the word um, about the podcast. Stick behind the boys through thick and thin.